Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard. Comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness. It's a counter attack. It's a new dropper. And now Kitty in the middle. Strip it. Strip it. Mix it on when you do. Strip it. Strip it. Mix it on when you do. Strip it. 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 Hello, welcome everybody to another episode of Podcast Question of Destiny. Our, I'm not going to lie, 
after yesterday's match, I don't really want to be here. So it might be a chessy 30 minutes. It might be a 10 minutes. I might wrap this up quick. But we have here with us um, Pels, who you know. What's up, Pels? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm happy I got you on because really and truly, that, after that shit show, you're like an analysis stunt. So I really want to hear your takes on what's going on. You got takes for me? Yeah, a few. A few things. Okay, cool. That's what I'm talking about. And then we've got, um, we've got like a Discord legend already, bro. We've got Babs here. So before, before you speak, Babs, um, obviously, if you haven't been on our Discord, definitely sign up to the Discord. We'll let Babs tell you more about that kind of experience. But yeah, like we've had other people from other pods saying, rah, get this guy on the pod, get this guy on the pod. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want him on a pod. I don't really like his views and shit like that. Ah, man, you got, but, you got to feed the streets. <laughs> but there was so much pressure that, yeah, I thought, cool, let me, let me get him on. So what, what are you saying, Babs? I'm not doing too bad myself then. Yeah? Okay, yeah. cool. So obviously you are a consumer of our Patreon content, right? You don't mind me saying that? Yeah, of course. Don't worry. How are you finding it so far? Um, I find the quality of content really, really good. Yeah? One thing I'd say that, would be definitely worth it is probably the all access just because you get like a little bit of like the voice control in terms of like the other matches from like the other four teams, three yeah. teams. And we're not we're I not paying you to say that. We're not paying you to say this. You're, hey, no, yep, yep. I, I'm doing this off my this. own accords. Okay, I'm doing this off cool. my own accords. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so obviously, if you was on a Discord yesterday, look, the thing is with Chessy Hour, yeah, we need to we need more Chessy Hour members. Pels, I know, like you, you've already said that's not really your thing, but we need more. <laughs> We need more Chessie Hour members there because one of the reasons why Babs is on here today is Babs has been helping out with Chessie Hour because yesterday, obviously, what we do is we do live shows and obviously Chelsea got slapped by three. And yeah, it was me and Babs there, but rah, it was difficult. It was difficult. They, they, they pammed us, man. I can't even lie. Yeah. They, 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 had us, they had us for a bit. Yeah, man. To watch the match, like when you're losing, it's already hurting. But they were coming out with onomatopoeias like "bow" every single time they scored. <laughs> it's mad. All right, cool. So um, yeah, let's talk about yesterday. Um, listen, do you know what? What I found is that a lot of like fans now in, in general, they use like podcasts as like their opportunity to just like um, scapegoat or they watch a match. They've got their agendas, and the first thing that they want to do is run to Twitter, run to podcasts, and just kind of. You know, hang people out to drive. What I really want to get into is more analysis. And I know, Babs, you've gone away. You've done your analysis. Pearls, I trust you to do that type of shit. So, obviously, the game came... Obviously, it's an important game. So, we was coming into the match. Manchester United dropped points. I was on a high because all it, it meant that all we needed was a point and then we qualified. Yeah, we, um, we got top four, yeah. Yeah, we got top four. So, um, okay, before the lineup, first and foremost, the social media tweet. Someone on the Chelsea Twitter, they posted that infamous uh, Denver Bar goal just yeah. before this all-important match. Do you think that has played a part in the result? We all know the result. We lost 5-3. Um, no. No? You think they still would have slapped the same way? I, I, think, I still think they would have slapped the same way. I think a lot of it was also to do with the fact that they were going to lift the trophy in that day as well. Yeah. And lifting it at home, that's a big like ego thing. And No matter who they were going to play, they were probably going to slap them. Okay. Um, Pels, do you feel like that off-the-field social media thing, it didn't give them any more impetus to, to beat us? You know, because obviously everyone's been saying it's drunk Liverpool. They haven't been playing well. We've had stronger form coming into it. What do you think? I feel like um, you just can't ignore that, like, the human element of it in terms of players will be on their phones. 
people will have seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I reckon even if it's not like a serious motivation, yeah, they will have someone will have looked at it and thought like, let's not let these get one over on us again, or like let's shut them up, sort of thing. Even if it's not like a direct player calling them out, I think that's something that maybe plays into it. But I, at the same time, I do think Babs is right in the sense that they would have been up for this game irrespective of whatever we tweeted, even if we begged them. <laughs> we lied, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, literally, yeah. Yeah, even if we had a tweet saying, um, apologies, we got it wrong to try to make up for it, it don't matter. Like, I'm sure there was, there's other... Nah, issues. Really, I thought going to do it. Yeah, there's, there's other issues that we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it. Okay, cool. So, lineup came out, 3-4-3. Three, three. Let's get into it. What do you guys think about the choice to play 3-4-3? Three, three? Babs? Yeah, I, f- I think Frank, in general, this season has been very reactionary with his formation choices. In the fact that um, we'd go to against like a pragmatic coach like a Mourinho or, or Oli and we try to use the formation and it'd work. I mean, what would end up happening is Lampard likes to kind of re- reuse, the, reuse the formation, reuse the tactic and think it's going to work exactly the same in the next match. Copy and paste. I think, exactly, copy and paste. And I think doing that and having a different goalkeeper kind of like Gives like a bit of a weird taste as well, just in the oh, fact that I don't okay. think. So same same formation but different goalkeeper. That that's a yeah, yeah. Because even 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 during the match, you can see that the defenders didn't really trust Kepper in general. And mm. I think if you have a William goal, like you at least just say, okay, this is the team that works in the semi final FA Cup. Like they've done their job. So so when you saw the lineup, you're thinking, were you were you unhappy with a three four three, or was you just more thinking why is why is Kepper in goal? To be honest, I wasn't happy with the I wasn't happy with the formation of some of the personnel, but it was I think mainly it was Kepa. Okay, cool. Mainly Kepa. Pels, what are you saying? When you saw the three four three, what was going through your head? Um it's hard because I think um a little bit of what you said, like pr- like kind of leading up to the game in terms of and the com- commentators mentioned it um later during the game, but just the kind of concept that we'd played Liverpool um in a four three three. Like I think twice before already in three times. super in a, oh, three times before in the super cup, um in the home game and C-Cup. the FA Cup game, yeah. um, yeah. we matched yeah. them up and each game we played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe the, the the home game is maybe the the, the game where I'm in the reverse fixture story is the kind of the game where I'm like hmm, maybe like we could have done a bit more in terms of possession wise. We we matched them up, we did quite well, and in the other games we gave them a real game. So for me the the thing that worried me was a little bit of what you're saying in terms of the copy paste like just because it's worked against Man United um it doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to work today um yeah. but then at the same time there are always like you know pros and cons so I did think that just the fact that we might cover the channels a bit better yeah, um, yeah. you know that was something that that I was I thought oh, could cool. work in our favor sort of thing yeah yeah um crosses into the box obviously like- like, we'll, we'll kind of get into it but in terms of just like what it looks like at face value in terms of having that many bodies back. Yeah. I hope that that would lead to a little bit more defensive solidity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's like, it's a, it's a little bit of a, of a weird one, but in terms of just like the, the sole fact that we played well against them in a different formation, yeah. I didn't want him to just, you know, naturally kind of go with the kind of, go with the flow of, you know, the previous result. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So your overwhelming feeling with feeling when you saw the three four three was it positive or was it negative? And was it just um, the three four three you had a kind of uh, emotional reaction to, or is there was there anything else about the starting lineup that you didn't like? I think it was it was mostly like mostly the the system. Yeah. Um, Personnel wise, um, because I know 
what someone like Willian can bring, what someone like Mount can bring. Mm. I wasn't I wasn't totally like upset that they were starting the same way that I wasn't upset on on Sunday when they started. Yeah. Um, obviously, the the thing about um, Pulisic having a niggle. Mm. Um, as well, that was kind of something that was in my mind in terms of he wasn't able to play on yeah. on yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I feel, I've tweeted it, but I think Mount when he plays in that kind of like ten floating wide attacker role um, mm. of Giroud, typically in the games against Spurs, um, yeah. you know he played really well. William played well in that system. William was really disciplined or dependable usually. So in my head, it was like this isn't a, it's not going to be a shit show. Like, yeah. I, I, that's not what I envisaged, basically. So, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I was positive necessarily because, naturally, you know, I just try not to expect too much. But I hate you. We know who Pels yeah. is. Pels yeah, is. I'm, not really, I'm not really on the, the hope thing, but yeah. it was okay. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't too upset at the lineup. And just in terms of, like, Lampard tinkering formations in general, like, what's your feelings towards that? Obviously, this season's wrapping up. We're coming to a new season. Do you hope to see um, a more stable Lampard and I guess a question for you both as well. We've had Sari last season who stuck with the same formation and the same yeah. players generally. And we've got Lampard who switched in formation, switching players. Which one is more frustrating to you? Babs? For me personally, I'd, I'd definitely say Sari. Right. Just because of just being so tactically rigid, you'd always know what your starting level will be. You know he's going to make that same that same Kovacic and Barkley substitution in the 77th mm-hmm. minute every single game, and eventually it got a bit frustrating. And we saw with that with like a couple of transfer things with like you know kind of new um, contract. What do you think has served us better, um, Sari being super structured or Lampard being super flexible? Let me quickly go to Pearls and I'll come back to you, Babs. Um. I think was I think Lampard served us better. Yeah. Um. I, I, obviously, the the truth, like the the right answer, is just the balance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I definitely think that at least with Lampard, there's more of a willingness, um, to try to change. And I think one of the things that like Yasser's Yasser's like mentioned, and probably sometimes in in our emotional state, we tend to forget like as fans is that because this is only sec only a sec only his second year in management. Sorry. Mm. Um. I think people don't recognise how long it takes for coaches to build a way for yeah. themselves. So something they believe in, something they understand, something um, that they they can kind of carry on and, and keep going. And I think um, Lampard's early thing is like the vibrancy, the pressing, the yeah. um, energy, this, this concept or kind of ideal of meritocracy that I don't think he maybe fully kind of um, carries out. Is but the, the ideal yeah. itself... Yeah, the, the ideal itself is there, and a lot of those things, um, I think they're. But is the idea is the ideal there if it's not there if it's fake? Because you just kind of alluded to yourself, it's the idea of meritocracy. No, yeah. So that's that's my point, though. So I, I know that that's maybe the idea is there, but not necessarily what it is in practice. And I think that even that in itself is part of the like inexperience, mm. um, in terms of saying one thing and doing another, um, mm. and and maybe not not knowing necessarily how to really live that kind of ideal through and how to put it into practice. Because yeah. it is his only second year in management and it is his first year at this level. And I think um, the, the, the thing for me is that with Sari, it was like, at times it just felt like you're banging on, um, kind of banging on a door that is just mm. never going to open. Whereas yeah. with, with Lamps, even though I feel like there are mistakes being made in terms of when he does what and, and almost like maybe the reasoning for why he does what he does in terms of it banged for me last week, so it's going to bang again this week. Yeah. Or, or it's banged for me last week, 
So I just can't change the side when realistically we should just try to kind of pick the the right um, system for the right game. And and I think even that in itself is like easy to say in, in hindsight, but realistically, most, um, I, th- I can't remember who I was listening to. I was listening to a, a coach speaking about it, Paul Cook yeah. Wigan. He said um, that more often than not, the team that you pick on, on a Friday night um, is still the right team on Monday. Mm. So even after the game's kind of, you know, run its course, more often than not, they've picked the right lineup. Things just haven't gone their way. And then people kind of rip everything up and say, no, we're going to change the 11. I you hear you, I mean? but isn't that confirmation bias? Of course, a manager's going to say, yo, it wasn't the tactics, it was the players. It was the win. Well, I, you know I, I mean? just think, I think you'd hope that like most good managers anyway, um, would are able to kind of, kind of criticise themselves and be kind of like self-aware. Yeah, um, agreed, yeah. And I don't think that someone like with his level of experience necessarily. I think he just says that in a, in a sense of maybe a lot of people, you know, have the moment and they pick a team and and then you know the, a couple of days later they're like ripping their hair out, ripping everything. Yeah, up. I know what you mean. Realistically, you know, it's usually one or two changes or some. It's a subtle instruction or it's you've lost by fine margins. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think um, that would kind of be my thing with Lampard. It's just that kind of teething process of when he. Yeah picks what he picks and why he does it. And I, and I just think um, I'm more willing to kind of go along with this process than I was with the last, because the last felt like yeah. under any circumstances, nothing would, would change almost, basically. Yeah. Babs, do you want to add? Yeah, I, I have to agree, because I think a lot of the things with Sorry was it was very tactically rigid in the fact that he had the same passing motions within the midfield that leaded into attack. And if there was one game that stood out to me the most that, when I knew that this is a bit of a problem, it was the Bournemouth game. That 4-0 Bournemouth game where I remember we played about 405 passes mm-hmm. and we, we literally had five shots and we literally just counted us to death. Yeah, but then like most of the season wasn't Bournemouth matches, do you know what I mean? That's a yeah. one-off match. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. I, I, I that agree, wasn't the story of the season. It wasn't, but that as a fixture for me was literally the one that stood out to me because even when he made these substitutions, like, it was the exact same formation, the exact same system, and it just didn't work. I hear you. So, on, on Pell's your point in terms of um, he should pick the right team for the right opposition. The only thing is that before this match, obviously, with Manchester United, they've been winning games. And Oli's been picking the same team. Same team, yeah. And that makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah don't, so, don't, don't so yeah, so if when Lampard wins and then he changes the team, People are like, even you, when you said, why did you change Willie? If he wins and he changes the team and, yeah. and they lose, people are going to say, why did you change the team? Do you know what I mean? I think for me, it's just a case. It's, like, it's not to say that... Um, and it's a, it's a really, really difficult thing to manoeuvre through, especially at like, that level of management in terms of um, a, lot of, a lot of the kind of talk for management teams of, of our calibre or the calibre we want to get to is about kind of your team being on the front foot. Yeah. And it's this concept of, um, you know, we want to pro- we want to be proactive and we want to play our game, basically. That's the kind of, like, notion that everyone spreads, basically. And yeah. I think um, what you have in Oli and, like, United in terms of that front five and, like, when it's all on song and everything's perfect, it makes sense yeah. to kind of keep running with it. Um, yeah. I don't think we are at the level 100%. yet where we can continuously play the same sorts yeah. of teams, like, the same sort of team... Um, based on the fact that, like, everyone's so good yeah. at playing in that way yeah. that it doesn't matter who we come up against, yeah, yeah. we should be I, able I, to kind of overcome. Do you know what I mean? So I think, 
and I think that's why um, you do sometimes have to tweak it. And sometimes, like, you can't expect us to play against City how we play against Villa. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. We, don't, we just don't have that level of quality. Um, yeah. Whereas I feel like City go into every single game or Liverpool go into every single game. Play in their way. More or less. And, I, and it's so funny that a lot of the games where I feel like City have maybe lost out, um, you know, like, I think Champions League semi-final first leg against Spurs. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if I've got the right game, but Pep goes like, to a 4-2-3-1 and plays like Fernandinho and Gondwan together. Yeah. And, and everyone thinks, like, why the hell have you done that? Do you get what I mean? So the day he yeah. switches it, you think, what, like, what's going on? Because you've got this way, you've got these fantastic players that yeah. are used to playing a certain way. I think we aren't at that stage yet. And I think... Um, are, even... we, are we going to get to that stage? We'll always remember Conte came in. He found the 3-4-3. It started to win. And we just kept it. And we won the title. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have hope, even for next season, that Lampard... Because Lampard... I call him Tinkerman Jr. This is not the first time I've said it. Um, so are, are you hopeful that we'll find that, um, that right... You know, I think to me it's like a, it's it's a really fine line because I part of the reason why um, it worked for Conte is obviously we were winning, but we continued winning, so it continued to build kind of yeah, yeah. and belief momentum. in the yeah. exactly momentum and belief in the way. Yeah. Um, within that, I also believe that when Conte came, that was more or less the style he he would have wanted to play with, mm. uh, yeah. and and I think. It was like, okay, yeah, it was like, do you know what? We tried this 4 one 4 one thing and it's not banged. No. I don't care anymore. We're going to do it mine. And now it's giving him credence to keep going with his way. My, yeah, my, yeah. Thing, with, my thing with Lamps is that I don't think he has his way yet, basically. Um, yeah. And when we, when we don't win a game or when we play really poorly or... Um, like we, look, we've had games where like we, we slapped Spurs um, with a 3 4 3 and then like we played Southampton with a 3 4 3 at home. And yeah, yeah. We, got pressed we, could, we literally could not um, yeah. find a way through. And, it, yeah. and I think it's stuff like that is the sort of thing that kind of, um, kind of sows that seed of doubt in a, in a manager's head, a young manager's head that hasn't maybe, you know, got it all figured out yet um, yeah. with regards to what steps to take and where we're going as a team. Um, I think that's, that's something that maybe then says, OK, cool, next game, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're Generally gonna... speaking, um, I would say that I think the 4-3-3 better set the four three three fits us the best, um, yeah. generally speaking. Um, yeah. And I do think there's a place for the three four three in some of the games he's used, but yeah. largely I, w- I would be sticking with a four three three if I could. Yeah, we're not going to get into the the pain of the match yet because I'm just waiting for the rivals to leave before we get into that section because I know they're listening and they want to hear that shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm saving that for the end. But um, if we were to play all season with the three four three or all season with the four three three, which one do you think would serve us better? Would we be better if we were stuck with a 4-3-3 or better 3-4-3? Babs? I'd, I'd say the 4-3-3. 100%. Because going forward, even if, you look, even if you look statistically, we've been a lot better this season than we were last season. And just because of the type of players we have going forward, I think it would suit them a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, having wingers like Will, I'm sorry, Pudisic and Cho, I wouldn't want to play him in a 3-4-3. Because of that um, typical thing of like, do they track back are they going to be able to put the no, defensive actions to actually so, help? So three four three, we played that under Conte with Hazard as the yeah. up thing guys, right? So yeah. why can't Pulisic and Hudson do that? Um, simply because under Conte we had Matic and um, Kante, and they were like prime fitness. So we still prime. have Kante, but who, who yep. do we not have? We it's like it was like it was literally two um, traditionally defensive midfielders. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they did a lot more covering than you would get from like a Jorginho or Kovacic who are a lot more box-to-box 
a lot more deep line, deep line playmaker-ish. And even if you look at the numbers, I'm like, oh, actually, this season has been significantly better than last season. But it's just been a thing of, like, our defence has just let us down at times. And I don't think it's just simply a thing of blaming it on a player like Jorginho, like, oh, you're too slow, but or playing, blaming it on the defender. I think it's just also been a thing of, because Lampard has tinkered so much, you don't actually allow yourself to set an actual defensive back line, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If you look at a team like Liverpool, like you know it's always going to be Gomez and Van Dijk, Trent and Robertson, or it may um, sub in like a Matip, you know? But, but, but yeah, so and, you're saying 4-3-3? You're saying three, three. Yeah. Uh, Pell, what, what are you saying? Dan, I think you're just trivialising the problem a bit, basically. Um, really? Yeah, like, I think it's hard because the, like, the bulk of the issues that we, we have come from not scoring enough goals, basically, like not finishing our chances and the other one. And sometimes I feel like we're a bit stale in terms of creating. And then the other one is obviously like the lack of all the poor defensive shape and just the, that organisational structure. Um, so, so you don't think, because I'm not saying that this is the, our only issue and I'm not, yeah, like, yeah. this is just the first bit, yeah. but are you saying that it's fine actually switching, the way that he's been switching, it hasn't really affected us? Yeah, I, I just, I think um, it has been fine. I just think he's, he's kind of picked the wrong moments. So, like, for instance, in the, in the Sheffield United game, yeah. um, the 3-0, that's a game where we should match them up. 100. I mean, I can understand why, um, like, why, for instance, even just when we played Wolves like, earlier in the season, we matched them up and we yeah. worked. Um, do we have, like I said, do we have the quality to kind of play one way throughout the season and, and think that we're going to kind of like wash teams away. Not really. Do you know what I mean? So um, for me, it's not even a case of necessarily that the, it's the, the systems have, switching the systems have been a massive... But, but don't you think what issue? you've just said is an, like indica, uh, indicative of the fact that it's an issue? I'm not, I'm not pushing you on it, but what I'm just trying to say is if you're saying that actually he's not sure when to play the right system, then you're, from, that sounds like to me you're saying that he shouldn't be switching systems that much. That's what I can I can understand why. I understand what you're saying 100, percent but yeah. I just think it's it's because it's post result basically. I I guess it's easier to say that would be my thing. I said um, it, I said the pre result baby. No 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 I know no I know what you're saying though, but I do get yeah. what you're saying. But I just think it's it's like okay. yeah it's harder. But yeah no 100 percent I do get that at the same time. All right okay cool let's get into the loss now. So hopefully the rivals is gone. Let's get into it. Obviously they slapped us five three. Um, yeah so. Pearls, going to it, you've, you've kind of watched the games. What do you think the issue is with this specific game? What happened? Talk us through the match. What's funny is that um, even though I had my reservations about the shape, yeah. um, outside of the kind of left channel with Rudiger mm-hmm. um, and feeling a little bit like, feeling like we were stretched in midfield um, somewhat, I don't think that the shape was a massive issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you actually look... The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Into the goals that we've conceded, there some a lot of them, or quite a few of them, are, are, are avoidable, basically. The, the first one is a mistake in terms of the way that like we've lost we've lost possession mm-hmm. um I, I don't think you can really blame that on Kepa personally um I'm not much of like a, a goalkeeping coach analyst so I don't really know like what yeah. he may or may not have done wrong but genuinely I think someone takes a shot that early hits the cro- top of the cro- underside of the crossbar sorry um that quickly you ain't you ain't got much of a chance 
Um, obviously, the free kick um, wasn't a free kick. Let's like have it there. It's not a free kick. Okay. Um, and the fact that the fact that our keeper can't save that um, isn't crazy. I guess it's just for people. I guess people just find it harder because he's so often in those scenarios. Yeah. You just want him to just pull something out of the bag just once, basically. I don't. I've, I've only saw. I've only seen Trent score free kicks against Chelsea. I don't know if it's just because I'm a Chelsea. Nah, guy. I've, you've seen that, bro. He scored flipping. He scored a free kick against Hoffenheim in his debut. The guy's got like crazy yeah, set piece ability. Yeah. not. Maybe it's just me, but like, uh, continue, man. My bad. Yeah, no, it's fine. But I get. I kind of. I do get it, and I get why. I've. I've not been a, a fan of Kepa in the sense that like I've want. I just thought like people should lay off of him. I, yeah. I think at the beginning of the season, I said, like, look, I don't know what it is about Kepa, but I feel like the saves he should make that he doesn't. And that was mm-hmm. my only, like, kind of reasoning. And, and since yeah. then, he's just kind of gone on to probably get worse and prove that, basically. Yeah. Um, so I think in terms of the goals, the corner goal, that is, like, us all over in terms of disorganisation and mess. Yeah. Um, the, the shape should help the, the fourth goal. Alonso should is free to kind of press Trent down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's just him kind of being lazy. you got bodies in a box. How does someone like Firmino get in? But he's not like a... He's not a crazy target, man. We're not talking about Glenn Murray. Or we're not talking about Haller. We're talking about Firmino, who doesn't even, like... Doesn't bag goals like that. So, realistically, I think um, the shape hasn't affected that fourth goal in terms of Trent's cross. If anything, um, it's just proof that some of our players, in that sense, are a little bit inept. Um, and the, well, the fifth goal is like you're chasing a game, and that's more Jorginho. But in, I think when you look when you look at the scoreline and we just look at like the speed at which they scored the first three goals, especially, yeah. you think to yourself, this has been absolutely dreadful. When actually we started the game, the first twenty minutes, I think we played we played more than okay, played yeah. pretty well, um, and I, and I just think that that kind of catalogue of errors and especially the corner goal. The, the Firmino goal after half-time as well. With the, the Firmino one after half-time is more sickening because they probably just had like a rollicking and, and everyone's tried to rile each other up. We scored a goal at the end of the first half. Yeah. Um, and someone's yeah. just been so lazy to get out to the man. Like, Trent should not have that much time to cross. If he beats him and, you know, whips it off balance and, like, I can kind of... I can make an argument for you. Do you know what I'm saying? To make piece of it. Yeah, in, but, in that sense, then... it's poor. But a wing backs, obviously, we know that Alonso's not in there for defensive. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's yeah. That does to me that doesn't um that doesn't that's like it. yeah, it, it doesn't and it doesn't um kind of absolve him of responsibility in the sense of just, just close the man down. Do you know what I mean? It's not I'm not asking for you to, to track back sixty I, yards. I, I hate you, but but okay, so let me not even just playing devil's advocate, but if Alonso's in there to score and yeah. a wing back has to kind of cover the whole flank. How yeah. can he? How can he always like be worried about Trent? There's going to be some but times where he doesn't. If you, have look, if, you if you look at where if you look at where he is though, he's he kind of pushes out towards the goal. I mean towards Trent, but just half-heartedly. So he's oh. tucked in. Yeah. He's tucked in. There's like there's a lot of coverage there. He's more or less in the possession to in um, in position to press the ball. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't. That's that's kind of my thing. Fair enough. I tried to bust Alonso off the case, but nah, is that that one like and and. I, Look, I know what he's about in it, and I don't mm. even think he had like a, a torrid game or anything. But just mm. in those moments, I guess it's it's really easy for us to kind of talk about, oh, the shape let us down, or we should have done. Wait, wait, this. what goal was he? What what what? He was responsible for one of those goals. I remember he was doing some sort of juggling on the, and he got pickpocketed. That was William. I think you're thinking of for the first goal. No, okay, I'll watch it back. But he was responsible for one of the goals. 
Yeah, that's the fourth goal. Yeah, it must. Was it the, the Trent one? Yeah, where Trent whips the ball. Not no, not the free kick. The Trent whips the ball into Firmino. Yeah, yeah. So he he did he lose the ball? I don't. I can't even remember okay, what happened cool. before. I remember. I remember. Like I was pissed because he he lost the ball and then they scored. But yeah, like obviously. Yeah. Okay. Continue. So that was the that goal, and then then we had a little revival, didn't we? And 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 the revival um was like weird, like super weird in in a sense that um. It's really come from nothing. Mm. And, and I think that's another thing to note. Like, um, Pulisic, his, like, what he did um, in terms of like, being able to pick up the ball and just drive and, and kind of weave through people um, is testament to the level of like, the level he's playing at, but also to the confidence that he has. Because I do think that uh, in earlier periods of the season, he was receiving the ball, kind of just locking it back. Mm. I don't know if it's, the, if it's the nature of the game and like, in terms of we're 4 1 down. Do you know what? Just go for it and do whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what he, what he was able to, like, it was just amazing. Like, it was sick. It was just so sick. But like, you said it came from nothing, but then it came from the substitution, didn't it? So, like... No, no, but um, when, I say, when I say come from nothing, I'm just yeah. talking about in terms of he we're not necessarily, like, hammering yeah. them and, like, got them penned back. It's like him picking up the ball and just kind of, like, doing the madness. Yes, obviously, it's come from the subs. I think the triple substitution, um, like, it was, it was just kind of going for broke, the, the kitchen sink at that point. Um, Four one down. I don't know if I don't know how much you know they would have believed that they could get back into the game in yeah. the speed we did. And yeah. I, but um, just, that's credit to all three of them for coming on and, and making an impact. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I just think Pulisic's introduction and just like what he did in in a short space of time that he was on was fantastic. I think him and Cho specifically in terms of where they were receiving the ball, picking it up, the situations they were getting out of to kind of move the ball on and release. Um, mm-hmm. They were just doing making the right decision every time um, yeah. and I think that was really really important in terms of Liverpool don't offer you a drunk Liverpool do but generally speaking Liverpool don't offer you a lot of opportunities to get in behind and they don't yeah. offer you a lot of opportunities to kind of um, to really run at their goal um, yeah. and I know like people was raving over like Pepe's one dribble against, against Van Dijk but realistically, in the like bulk of their season, that's probably one of very few moments where someone like him looks exposed or um, in terms of the Prem anyway. And I think what they were able to do in that time in terms of just carrying the ball, like when, when Cho got the ball, um, when the ball's looped over like the, the disorganised Liverpool defence and, and Cho's got latched onto it, knocked it, pushed it, pushed it ahead of him. Mm. We're, there's, we've got players in front of theirs. Do you know what I mean? Like we were really swimming forward and I think that part of that just come, has come from one Pulisic score and the goal that he scored and then getting a little bit of belief. Um, but generally, I just think the, the nature of the game um, wasn't really, it didn't really feel that tactical. It felt very hectic, very manic. I don't feel like, yeah. um, you know, I don't think we, we controlled space well despite having a kind of back three and back five. I think we competed well. Um, I think we started the game and settled down quite early, uh, quite early in the game, like maybe within the like, first kind of five, ten minutes. We, we had control of the ball. So when, when they come on, the, the, the state of the game had completely changed. Do you know what I mean? It was like quick fire goals. Everything yeah. was just so, so much space. He brought on like Milner to kind of calm things down. Do you know what I mean? It didn't yeah. make any difference. That, that was just the nature of the occasion. Um, but yeah, that, I think um, Pulisic and, and, and Callum did really, really well when they come on. And, and that... Is that the bright spark? Is that the... Yeah, that's, like, that's my silver lining. I don't even know. I don't know if I believe that like both will start on Sunday. Um, I'd, what I hope that it's done is that it's, it's trust, it, it's given Lamp, Lampard the kind of feeling that if we need the game to be turned on its head, 
Cannon's capable of doing that. Pulisic is capable of doing that if he doesn't start, which he should. Um, but yeah, and, and even just in terms of like the lack of like the even we wanted them to play a full three three, but realistically, you know, the, no one's really fit <laughs> to be honest in, in terms of like midfielders. My alternative would have been well, obviously Mount, playing, playing, Mount could have I would have said to play Mount centre mid. Yeah, so I would have said play Mount centre mid and, and play yeah. Pulisic wide. So yeah, we definitely we definitely could have played it. Like, but, but the, it, obviously the issue the issue with the Pulisic playing wide thing was um, obviously that he had the niggle. But Hudson, um, Hudson, Hudson could have played. Do you know yeah, what I mean? and and I think that oh, my feelings about Hudson starting at present are obviously probably like very anti Palumi generally. Um, but um, I do think that he's he's having to kind of bide his time a little bit more. Um, I don't know if that should have been at the detriment of the result. What but, I will uh, say, what I will say, is that he has options. I can't, I can't really back the he couldn't play the four three three thing because. Nah, We've seen Loftus play um, wide. Obviously, that didn't quite work out, but that was just one opportunity. Um, obviously, Hudson could have played both. Look, Hudson and Pulisic came on, and they came on 60 minutes, so they played half an hour. Like, I definitely think he could have played it. But obviously, the, look, look the, the listener can decide. Babs, um, so wait, Palumi, did you have anything more in the wrap-up? No, I just think generally, yeah, just kind of what I've said, really, just in yeah. terms of it being... <laughs> but not, not anything particularly like... There's nothing. Re- there's not much to analyze, in my opinion, in terms was you of like, at the end of the match. Like, was uh, you, I was fuming, bro. Yeah. I was fuming. That was, I think I was fuming more because of the just the fifth goal. Mm, like yeah. the way that's the way that kind of killed the hopes of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, was was running, after the two goals, bro. I was gassed when I saw. Nah, I was excited. I thought like it was possible. Even a, even a, like the free kick, um, that obviously Reece James had. Mm. I was like on the edge of my seat, sort of vibe. Do you get yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. for it come down to be that like that and to be that quick, yeah, um, it was just oh, it was just it's sickening, man. Yeah, I saw a tweet that, saying it's the hope that kills you. Literally, yeah, um, it literally is. Yeah, that's so, been it this season. All right, quickly before I go into you, Babs, what I will say is I know that Plumy, you're saying that you don't think the three four three. You don't think okay? I agree. We started off well, but you're saying you don't think the three four three kind of contributed to any of the goals. What I will say is. Don't forget, Kaita kind of dribbled through the middle um, for that goal. I know we lost it, but if you've got more men in the middle and you lose the ball in the middle, you're more likely to win it back. And if you, again, if you look at the Mane goal, I mean, sorry, the free kick that Trent scored, it was Mane again dribbling directly through. No, yeah, exactly. Back, yeah. He dribbled directly through the middle. And so my whole thing with not playing a 3 4 3 is I think. We're fine when the other team's playing in front of us. That's why when we're playing Ole and he's playing the defensive, um, what's his name, or playing Mourinho and they're, they're playing mad defensive, it's cool because they're guys, them guys are playing in front of us. But like we get outnumbered and you said those three goals came quick in the first half. What does that remind you of? Does that not remind you of Bayern? Again, 3-4-3. Three, 3-4-3, yeah. Three. Three, no, three, yeah. Yeah, and I just feel like... Um, I, I don't know. I just felt like this was this was going to be it. This is obviously it might be a bit of confirmation bias, but when I saw us playing the three four three, I was thinking it's, it's going to be another buy-in. And so, like, I do feel like if we had more people in the middle, because like, do you remember Salah had a chance as well where he fucked yeah, up? Oh, oh is, my god! What yeah. I would say uh, is that I've probably like even in just in terms of what you're saying now, it's like coming back to me in terms of like the moments in the game. What I would yeah. say is that the the space that we had, that they had at times to get through. Yeah, directly in the middle. <laughs> like, was crazy. And, yeah. and 
Yeah, and I think it, what I think why I find that even more mad though is that like um, I guess if this if it's on rushing midfielders mm. um, like kind of KR, even like I think there's the money example in terms of the space he dribbled into and where Kovacic was recovering from. I yeah. think it was like good points. But like some some of the times when Salah was getting through, yeah, I think, where's everybody else? Yeah, like the yeah. whole line. So and I, and I, I tweeted like um, at the time we have a back five, but it doesn't even seem to be like a solid like a solid last line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, out of possession naturally. You should what, drop in. Yeah, you drop in. That, yeah, that's drop basically in, yeah. the bottom line. And I think yeah. that um, that kind of that thought to to get into that shape basically just wasn't there. Um, and yeah, now now I'm now I'm thinking about it. You're probably right. Like I do think there's a there's probably more space um, left in the midfield than there should have been. Basically, yeah. Def- defensively thinking about it. So like obviously comparing this season to, to last season, we've lost David Luiz. One of the big takeaways from the game is we've conceded 54 goals. We've still got one goal left, a game left, sorry. Um, I think if they said something like, if we concede another two, it'll be the worst Chelsea kind of defensive side in, in history or whatever. Um, so now, what do you think in terms of going into next season? Is it a personnel thing again? Or is it a Lampard thing? Because we're conceded from corners, like we said, like in Pels' wrap-up, he talks about the fact that some of the goals came through the middle, but also, again, Claxon, we, we concede from set pieces, whether it's Trent's kind of um, free kick or the corner. Uh, Babs, what, what, what are you thinking about defence? Do you feel like Lampard will get it right next season? I know you've done some analysis on Derby comparing um, Derby last, this, last season to Derby this season. Yeah. So, um, looking at it back last season, I actually looked a bit more like actual goals conceded and we conceded 15 less goals last season. However, we conceded one more set piece. So I don't, in that sense, I don't think it's entirely due to personal, but more due to setup in the fact that we're doing a lot of zonal marking. And I think, as well, you we, saw, in um, we do, we was doing zonal marking last season too. Yeah, we were, and and, and, and as I'm, I'm going, to, I'm about to get onto that. But my, if my you look even team. back further before that, if you look back to um Conte season, mm. we only we only conceded six set pieces. We had a lot more big men and it was a lot more like man-to-man, big man against big man. And, and I think that's been something that over the last couple of seasons that I've definitely been able to recognise. And not even just that, but on the counter-attack as well, um, we've conceded eight goals. And if you compare that to last season, we conceded only two on the counter-attack. Okay, so if we conceded two, and one of those was the, probably the Tottenham one where Jorginho kind of... And we've yeah. seen Jorginho a couple of times. But we've also seen this season... Do you remember the Martinelli goal with Kante? Yeah, uh, yeah. Again from a corner. And yep. so, like, we'll have a corner and then they'll break. And then, yeah. um, so what, what do you feel like is contributing to the fact that we're conceding so much in transition? Um, a bit to do, I think it's a mix of between tactics and personnel as well. Because I remember there was, there was a few murmurings going on about um, Emerson going up for that corner. Yeah. And it actually left Kante back on his own. And literally, it was a thing of Kante slips, Martinelli's chasing his first touch, and yeah. that, that's literally it. There's literally but nothing that, you can that's do a, there. That's an incident. So, what's the, like, thematically, why are we conceding more transition, transitional goals? Let's not forget, Jorginho was playing last season too. Yeah. yeah. So, what, so what? I mean, cool. So, if you're to look at it in terms of appearance-wise, so Kante started 20 games, Jorginho started 26 games, and Mount started 31 games. Mm-hmm. And if you're to look at it on the transition, none of those midfielders are as good as Kante. You know, like, we are used to seeing Kante helping in transition in the middle third. Mm-hmm. Um, actually stopping these attacks and I mean it's easy to say okay uh, you know against Mad West Ham 
it's very, very easy to say because like, oh, against West Ham, you lost the ball in the attacking third, going up for a header. But is it easy to it's say because the truth? It's easy to say because the truth, and it's easy to, easy to say because it's situational. Because in both those games, we were chasing the, we were chasing the lead. West Ham, we were 2 2. Again, again one, the, we were chasing the lead when Jorginho got caught in this game. So we were chasing yeah. the equaliser. Yeah. So the game's going to be like that. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so yeah. So Kante, is Kante the solution? Pels. If we're playing Kante, obviously next season, everyone's talking about Kante anchor, um, two attacking eights. Do you feel like next season we're going to be conceding less on the counter? Like, is, is there going to be a big market difference, Pels? No, I think I think the key one of the key things about like counter attacking, um, the goal and the kind of the way that we control transition this season and last season is that last season the way we played with the ball was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole the whole purpose of the way that I feel like Sari plays to some degree is to restrict the opposition. If we yeah. have the ball, yeah. they don't. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a, obviously we used to get loads of those kind of like stats of X players played the most passes or Chelsea yeah. got the most passes in a game this season. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously that just reduces the amount of opportunities that another team will get to kind of counter us. Yeah. Um, in, in this season, a lot of our attacks, um, they, they don't have build-up. I think I hate like slow build-up in that way or like, yeah. like not overly patient, but just like if, when it feels like it's not going anywhere, it's a little bit um, laboured. Um, yeah. And what we tend to do now is that like our thing is get wide and cross, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Get wide, beat a man cross. Once that ball gets cleared, um, because of how how eager some of the midfielders in particular are to get a goal, um, yeah. and how much how that's encouraged, essentially. Yeah. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, what what you end up with is is someone like Jorginho on his own, or I guess obviously for the set pieces, um, the the scenarios that we have kind of people running at us and running at like you know two to three men yeah. are a lot more frequent. Um, and, I, and I think one of the the kind of things that I noticed is like in the Norwich game, the three two um, away from home. Yeah, I remember the, our the first early, half, the early Norwich game. At the yeah, so the, yeah, so the, the, the three two at the beginning of the season. Um, that first half, we conceded the goals really, really quickly, and like yeah. it was right through the heart of of the kind of midfield. And yeah. in that game, we played with um, you well, know Georgina and Kovacic together. Yeah, um, but it was Jordan Kovacic, but it was Mount. And I remember that game, Mount was mad high. And I remember I was yeah. just saying, but why in the, are you in the, mad high? In the second, in the second half, um, we controlled the transition a lot better. Like, a lot better. And it was because, and I think they, from what I remember, um, it just felt like one Jorginho and Kovacic were a lot closer together. But I just remember, like, loads of instances where Kovacic had recovered the ball. Yeah. was a lot deeper. Um, I remember you, you mentioned it on the podcast. And sorry, just a quick correction. It was Barkley in midfield with them. And it was Barkley that was mad high, and Mount was playing left. But yeah, Mount was playing left with Pulisic wide right. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you said after that that because we were going at it in the group chat. I was like, "Yo, I don't. Why is Barkley mad high now?" And you're like, "It's fine, it's fine." And I remember second half, you said, "I don't know why you're worried." And then second half, we started to control the game more. Yeah. And you're saying that was because Jorginho and Kovacic was playing closer together. No, so not more so. Just in terms of, I'd like, I'd. I can't even think about the actual instance, yeah. like what yeah. what changed. Genu- like I can't I can't remember that that far back. But what I will say is that I do remember like a a clear difference, um, just in how like Kovacic played in that second half, and and Lampard saying in the press conference, yeah, Kovacic gave us more control and that sort of thing. Um, so I think that, but obviously, if we start a game in the manner that we started that game, and we end up it's kind of gung ho. Um, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And then he says we made an adjustment at half time and we controlled it a bit better. 
obviously the initial instruction kind maybe isn't thinking about kind of defending while we're attacking. Yeah, which is a, which is a really important kind of concept in coaching in terms of you have the ball, um, but what, are you aware of what could potentially happen if if you lose it basically? Yeah. Um, and I don't think that we've paid enough attention to that as a team. I don't think that's necessarily about personnel. I do think it's about structure. Um, and in a, in a, just on, um, one, of the, one of the funniest things to me is that we've had good defensive games this season. Do you know what I mean? I we've had... We controlled Spurs. We controlled City um, like after the restart kind mm. of thing. So it's like there's clearly... An, there's, it's clearly possible for the team to defend. That's well, not what the issue is, per se. Yeah. Um, I think it's just in terms of setup and also the nature of the games in which like we're kind of conceding these sucker punch goals, Bournemouth's, West Ham's, Southampton's where Michael Obafemi scored um, and that yeah, sort of no, stuff where we're chasing cool. the game. It's, mm-hmm. it's typically because we, we are chasing the game, we are going for it and we're not really... Um, and he spoke about even against West Ham about the 2v1 that we left. He said, usually we, we should be able to control that but we're chasing the game. But actually, we're not that good at it because it's something that keeps happening. So we yeah. need to actually adjust better for those scenarios. But, but the change for next season, allegedly, is that we're going with Havertz and another attacking midfielder. So the change is, rather than having Kovacic choose a deeper player alongside of Jorginho, which is an anchorman, we'll have a Kante there and then we'll have two attacking midfielders. So isn't that just actually more of, you know, we're going to, like, when you do your analysis next season, Babs, it's going to be more, no? Counter-attacks. Yeah, I think that's just adding on to the problem. I think the only way for the midfield to work is if you actually have that box-to-box player in Kovacic, personally. Yeah. I think it's going to be harsh because I know Lampard, obviously, everyone says, oh, you know, Lampard's son, Mount, this want to drop him. And I mean, if he wants it to work against teams like Liverpool, I think you're going to have to have a Kovacic in games like that versus teams where they're going to drop back. Then you have a lot more allowances, if that makes sense. Yeah. For instance, the game against Everton, Barkley and Mount, they played amazingly because Everton didn't really press on as much. You know, and I mean, what, if you want to play the four 0 game, the four 0 Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, if you're asking, yeah. So like, if you're gonna play a game like that, you're gonna have to have it against teams that are a lot more pragmatic in possession, and they're not gonna actually press you on as much. But if it's to play against a team like City or or Liverpool, it's gonna be a very very hard to actually get that to go. Because looking at um Havertz this season, like he's very good in the eight, but I'm not sure he has the actual ability to track back as, as well as others well, in the team. I, think, I, and I, I think that- if you're buying Havertz for goals, do you want him tracking back? Yeah, no, I know, I know. But if he's to play his brand of playing two of two eights, yeah. having an anchor midfielder, you're just going to leave Kante exposed. And I mean, if he's, he's, and, as, and as we've seen over the last couple of seasons, Kante has been running to the ground. hundred percent. And you can't keep relying, you can't really relying on him to like save you the last gasp. You know, like it makes it a lot harder. But so you mentioned Barkley. It's also go okay. Go yeah. get, get out. Get out. I was also going to say, like, also, like, even if you think about defending, it's like, it's a team thing at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? uh, so you like, mean, if you look at... Um, go on. Rob, you need to get your like, points out quick. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, so if you, look at, if you look at United, right, this, this is the best example I can give, right? Yeah. United last season conceded the exact same amount of goals that we conceded. Mm. But the only change I can see is that they brought in... Aaron Rambasaku has been all right. He's brought, they brought in Maguire, in my opinion, he's been shit. I mean, they brought in Bruno. And if you look at them midfield compared to army for going forward next season it's kind of similar mm. if that makes sense in terms of composition in terms of you have your holding player your box-to-box player have like more than a, a traditional 10 I'm just kind of thinking like is the team going to be able to defend as a unit I guess the we'll find out. that we have I guess we'll find out but you mentioned Barkley where, yeah. where was Barkley 
because so since the restart, Barkley has been one of our better players. It's not just me. I know people try to pay me. Yeah, as I agree. Player. I agree. I think, in my opinion, Barkley's been our best creative player. Yeah, but even just let's just take the restart. Barkley and Pulisic have been two of our better players. Yeah. Right. Um, we've gone into this game, the biggest game. Obviously, Liverpool are champions, and they were European champions last season. Barkley yeah. and Pulisic have both been two of our biggest players since the restart. We yeah. know that why we know why Pulisic didn't start is because he got niggled. But why isn't Barkley starting? And Pels, do you think we missed him? Um, do I think we missed Barkley? I, well, Barkley played against Sheffield United, from what I remember. Yeah. Um, I think that's the last game he played. Um, played Norwich. We were we were just like we were just, we were all like just crap against Norwich. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like more of like a kind of re- get the result, have a reaction, whatever. Um, I don't think we've missed him really, truthfully. Um, I do think that he's his the traits he brings and the style of play he is is something that is important. But because I feel like his his execution is is often so like wayward and so like hit and miss, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't feel like it's it's a massive kind of like um, it's, he leaves a massive void in our team per se. I'll tell you why I asked the question is because obviously if you remember before breakdown before lockdown happened we we was playing shit and then Lampard had to switch things around and one of the things that happened was Mount and Barkley became central figures in the midfield yeah coming back out of lockdown Barkley started to play again we started to play well and again Barkley was central to that and Pulisic and so I guess my thing is how, are we overlooking his influence? Because even in the Norwich game, for me, he was one of our better midfielders. I, I don't think we played well, but I think he was one of our better midfielders. Babs? I think when it comes down to Barkley, is that he's a very talented player, but his application... Like, and I, like, if you look at the 2-0 game, for instance, like he had an amazing game. Two. Pardon? 2-0 against who, sorry? Um, Liverpool, the oh, FA Cup game. Yeah, yeah. So he had an amazing game, but if you look at, if you look at it in terms of like a lineup and thing, like I remember the, the Liverpool lineup. it wasn't exactly a physical... Like midfield, in terms of legs, like they had Curtis Jones, Fabinho, and I think Lallana. Yeah. In their three-man midfield, and I think against the Wijnaldum, Cater, and and Fabinho, said, I don't think that. I don't, yes, I don't think that would work. Honestly, I mean, I don't think that would that would have worked. Yeah. Because um, he's a very like he's a player who's kind of like he's very leisurely in his decision making. If that makes sense. Like, and, and there's a thing where, like it's so frustrating because when he gets it right, like against Crystal Palace to assist for um Giroud. Yeah. When he gets it right, it looks so good. But when he gets it wrong, like against um, Leicester, where you had Ruben Loftus, he could left and he played it right behind him. It just gets, it's just so frustrating. And, and, and against a team like Liverpool, who you know they're going to be deadly on the counter attack, do you really want to risk it? You know? Fair enough. Um, we'll let the listeners decide that. I, I don't agree with both of you. I just feel like, for me, everyone always focuses on the time he gets it wrong. But then who else mm. is making those passes where they get it right? Who, like, if those like, are so easy, who else is making those passes? No one really. So, like, it, for me, it's almost like, okay, cool. Why are you focused on the, the times it doesn't come off when he's the only one where it's coming off? And I do think that our form has kind of coincided um, this season because I know we kind of – we started bad with a 4-0 loss against United, but then we kind of picked up a little bit. Barkley was kind of in that. And I just mm-hmm. feel like, in general, with Lampard – and this, I guess this is my next question because if you remember, we was banned in January from buying um, any players, but that got overturned. And as yeah. soon as that got overturned, there was almost like a, a sharp downturn in our form. And my thing is, just looking back, I'm thinking, okay, cool. 
when we couldn't bite anyone, we had, Lampard had to count on Giroud. He had to count on Pedro because he knew, actually, I can't bite anyone or it's not confirmed if I can bite anyone in January. And all of a sudden, the transfer um, ban gets overturned and all of a sudden we're linked with this guy, that guy, this guy. And then all of the players start to feel like, okay, my place is out. We're going to get onto Kepa, Kepa soon, but again... I don't think... Okay, go on. I was going to say, I don't, think, I don't think we were that bad. What were we that bad in January? No, we wasn't. No, so basically in the run-up to January, I think, it was Christmas period. Do you remember November? Or I, it was basically whenever the... the oh, I, I, know what you mean, I know what you mean, yeah. Because that was the game, that was the period we lost to Southampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were look, we, we like, so basically it got overturned. We was having great form and then to compound the great form, the band got overturned yeah. and then all of a sudden everything went to shit. And my, just thing, my thing is before that, Lampard was saying, look, we need every single member of the squad we need you for all seasons of the yeah. back, et cetera, et cetera. And then my thing is, I think since I got overturned, then everyone started to have these ideas, actually, let's move this player out, mm. let's move that player out. And I think the mm. same thing, kind of thing happens ever since lockdown. It seems like we are pl- like he's playing with a mind in terms of what's happening next season. Yeah, in the future. Yeah. So, yeah, so rumours are coming in about, okay, the goalkeeper, uh, Kepa's going to be replaced. And look, I'm not defending Kepa. I don't know about goalkeepers the same way Pearl doesn't. But again, yeah. it seems like he's disposable. And it seems like next season's influencing this season. We've already changed into attack and eight. It seems like Kepa's being... Kepa I don't is... think that's a bad thing. Yeah? I don't no, think I... it's a bad thing because if, if, you're, if you're actually experimenting and you have a system in mind and you know it's going to work ahead of time, you could technically say that's a benefit. I mean, I, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. But what I'm saying is the fact that it's so over and sometimes you can't help it because there's going to be links in the press but yeah. when, you, when you need to win and the players that you need to depend on, they almost feel like they're disposable. That's not a healthy situation when you need to win games. Pearls, you were going to say something. Yeah, and I, and I, I completely agree in the sense that um, this is kind of what I was talking about with regards to like, the idea of meritocracy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something obviously you raised with regards to like Giroud and Pedro kind of yeah. being potentially like being moved on earlier. Yes. Um, I, I do think, like I've said it before, I think the reason why Tammy played so much is because he started that scoring run that he had brought up equity. Um, mm. But I, I always maintain that I do think Giroud was probably the better fit for how we want to play in terms of making the ball stick. Um, but the, the kind of sheer fact that Tammy was scoring makes it harder for him to be dropped. Um, and what I find interesting is that we've kind of had all of this stuff about Giroud being a top pro and, you know, he's working really hard and this is what yeah. happens when, yeah. when he's professional. But realistically, there was a, there was a scenario in January where he doesn't play because we want to move him on. Yeah. And, yeah. and even earlier on in the season, yeah. you know, Mitchy was, they got to a point where Mitchy was playing ahead of him. When we played the, the kind of League Cup games, Mitchy mm, got yeah. the nod instead of Giroud. Um, so it wasn't, it's not a case of, yeah, so it's not a case of, um, you know, Giroud kind of just biding his time. There was a point where he was kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say showing the door because I don't know what's happening. It was but, most of the season. Like, he, yeah. yeah, already he was planning for him to go. It, it seemed like in January. In January, exactly. And, yeah. and I think in him staying, um, credit to him to kind of for maybe biting a bullet and say and then bringing him back in and, and everything going back to normal. Um, but then at the same time, you then I look at maybe this scenario in terms of like, similarities with Barkley and like I don't know is he gonna is he gonna join another team? Is he maybe someone yeah. that we're not thinking about kind of being here long term? Exactly. Um, and if that's the case, fine. But in an immediate sense, yeah. I do understand what what I do understand what you're saying in terms of like I said, I do think the traits that he has is something that we need. I still think he's wayward, but. Yeah. I wouldn't, that doesn't mean I'm saying Barkley shouldn't beat in the squad or Barkley shouldn't start a game for us. That's not yeah. the, yeah. I, don't know if I, I don't know if I feel like yeah. I've missed him, but that doesn't mean I'm, he shouldn't be a part of 
what is happening because equally he has quality and he can, in the moments that he does get it right, um, he can make things happen. So I'm, I don't think um, me saying I don't miss him necessarily means that he should be frozen out, essentially. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I, it's important that I think, um, it's important, sorry, that we do keep our minds on it's what's happening the, now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Enough, the, the permutations and, and what is kind of, what could potentially happen is not sorted yet. Do you get what I mean? Um, so I, I do think it would be a little bit um, naive. Obviously, like majority of the, I guess everything's kind of done now. But it, it, it would have been naive for him to, you know, maybe um, leave him out if it is for that reason. Yeah. Now, obviously, they said he's ill, so we don't know for sure. Um, but that would kind of be my, my, that would be a gripe of mine if that was something that was like, was real, basically. Okay, cool. So let's, I don't think, I think we've already kind of covered Kepa. Um, so I don't really want to go back into that. Um, yeah. On the Discord, people kept on coming at me saying, Ra, you said Reese James was better than Trent. It wasn't me. And I'm going to ask you guys, were any of you in a camp where you were saying, okay, cool, Reese James is probably a better right back than Trent? No, I, I was in a camp of, um, Reece James is a good mesh of Wabasaka and Drent. Yeah. Like, yeah, that camp? yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I think outside of like maybe dealing with like aerial balls into his channel, yeah. um, I still think his 1v1 defending is at a high level and I think his crossing's at a high level and I think he's I do think he's a good balance. I, what I would say is that maybe um, we projected his first year as a kind of Chelsea right back maybe a little bit stronger than than is probably ideal for someone like him but yeah. in terms of like that's not necessarily changed my view on his potential and his, my view on his current ability. But again, maybe he hasn't. He just hasn't had the season that people might have envisaged. I guess early on. Uh, Bad, did you want to add on it before we move on? Uh, what What I would say is, uh, I think a lot of people are coming into a, a bit harsh because I feel like fans are very, as I said earlier, fans are very reactionary. And if you if you if you if you rewind it back to the early on in the match, um, there's a chance where Reese has the ball outright and Mount yeah. is about to make a run, like. And you could say it's down to Mount, but Reese plays the inch perfect pass right behind, right behind the defense, and Mount slightly offside. Mm. And if that's if that's not offside, our fans are going to be asking these questions. Okay, even, like, even across, even, even across, even Mount, across, Mount, yeah. Mount Mr. Header, like from yeah, yeah early on in the game, yeah, even, yeah, like, I agree. It's it's agenda. I feel like that stuff is agenda. It's agenda. Like, even um, there was even a chance where he crossed into Pulisic and Pulisic kind of snatched at the shot. Yeah. And he's like, I feel like fans are very reactionary. And I understand it because you always want to defend your defense. You always want to defend your player. You want to back your boy. But I don't think he's been bad in the way some people may be going at it. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think he's obviously, one thing people have to, people can't overlook is he's come back from a leg break. Like, well, that is so not. Did you say, because I need to go back to them and I need to, t- I need to point fingers at who said no, that he's got. Come, come to Babs. You, you, right, so, you know what I'm about, fam. So you know Babs, what I'm you're about. saying that you said that he was better than Trent. No, 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 no. I okay, said no, he's I'll, a good no. balance. Are you sure? However, okay, cool. I said he's a good balance. However, people are going to be harsh on him because whenever you're going to back your boy, like, okay. United fans are going to back Trent. I mean, United fans are going to back AWB. Liverpool fans are going to back Trent. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. You have to back Reese. Hudson Adoy, he came on for a cameo. We've kind of given Pulisic his dues. Listen, Pulisic has been... Uh, okay, let's, let's give Pulisic his proper dues. I think we touched on him. But uh, I guess yeah. my question for next season yeah. is... Okay, we've got Havertz coming in, we've got Werner's coming in, we've got Ziyech coming in. I think Pulisic has been the star boy ever yeah, since the return. 100%. Do you feel like he can still be Chelsea's star man after all the new guys coming? Do you know why I really think he can? It's because if you go back to early on in the season and how it started off, like 
he got subbed off in that um, in that game from the USA, and he yeah. was crying off the pitch. He was injured. He didn't get. He didn't get a pre. I said crying off the pitch. Okay. Off the pitch. No worries. He didn't. He didn't get a preseason, and I know you said you were there as well at the Grimsby game. And at the Grimsby game, he, he looked shocking to me. He was, he was bad, but I think we touched up on it on the, on yeah. another pod. Where... It, but it was a thing of like the actions that he showed were promising enough that you didn't want to shit on him completely, but mm. you also wanted to like be harsh on him because he's a sixty million pound signing. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you look at it this season, like especially since the comeback, he's he's been amazing. Like it's that typical American like mindset. Like I want to be the best. What I want to do. What, I'm going to come back and the train way hard. I say it is before the restart, he was Steve Rogers. Now he's Captain America. Yeah, like Whatever he before does, the restart, yeah, yeah, he's found the chamber. Yeah, and I think it's a thing of like people are going to say, "Oh, you know, Lampard's been harsh on him in terms of selection," but I feel like Lampard's dealt, dealt with it perfectly. I don't know. I feel like I feel like he's I, 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 gen, I, feel, I gen, because if you're to look at it right, like he got in that early start during the, during the season. He played against Norwich. He played against all these other teams. He played against um Leo. He, he had a good game against Leo. Yeah, Pardon? he lost his position. Lampard gave him the starts at the beginning. Exactly. Lampard gave him the starts at the beginning to prove himself. And then he withdrew him back a bit. You know, he, he, start, he started his games. He's proved himself now. Like, I know Lampard seems to be a fan of him now all of a sudden. I don't, actually don't think Lampard was a fan of him initially. He wasn't. And now he's nah. buying into him. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, I, don't, I do not blame him. because but I don't blame him. Because when, I, I think yeah. he's been playing better. I think yeah, exactly. He's been playing better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like a lot of fans are doing that thing. You're like, oh, but you guys will say any shit, but nobody said any shit. But at the same time, the, the fans that... listening, for the fans listening, the guys that backed Pulisic from the beginning, mm. of course, they're, yeah. they, they're right. They, to, they, they're right they, 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 they bought stocks on that. They were, they were at penny prices. And it's, yeah, and it's come through. So they can be loud and they can at their account and shit like that because I don't go on it anymore. So it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. All right. Um, Pels, Pulisic, do you think he can be. A bigger star than all of our kind of signings next season. I'm not in the business of writing anybody off. Um, Who I, is? I feel like that's Leeds. a fuck for the court of a gentleman. Leeds. Wow. Leeds. Wow, yeah. Leeds, have respect. Yeah. Say the sorry. The quickness that you said Leeds' name. Yeah, no, 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 because he knows. For, um, the, for the casual listeners, that is right. a bit of Patreon content right there. Plug the, the court of agenda. Listen. I don't want to be interviewed by Palumi. I don't. Hey, that was, was grueling. Yo, I, yeah. could, um, I, could feel, I could feel the sweat through yeah. my screen. And, and, to, and tomorrow we've got, another, we've got another episode. What do you think of, in terms of Pulisic being Starboy next season? I've, you know, like I said, I, I don't feel like um, you, know, you can write him off. I think he, he will have the kind of, um, obviously the backdrop of, of a solid first season now. Um, kind of to, with next season to go into I think this this restart for him has been like amazing yeah. and, and just even seeing how he's how he's grown in confidence throughout this time um, he's been decisive and it's what I would maybe say is the only scenario in which the things that could count against him rather is just the minutes basically I yeah. do think it's possible that you know maybe he he shares minutes with Callum potentially, or he shares minutes with Werner potentially, or, or Mount. Yeah, like so. There's yeah. there's a lot of kind of scenarios in which you know maybe he doesn't play thirty five games from the start, eighty mm-hmm. minutes, ninety minutes. You know what I mean? And and that might count into count towards how much of an impact he can have. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of players going into next season with with you know one in like really positive terms with the, with the coaching staff, 
um, and two, like on really kind of good form, in really good form. Sorry, he's probably up there, and I, and I think or probably number one, undisputed, really. Um, yeah, he, and I think, he's even, got, I think he's got that position. Yeah, the, the potential quick turnaround as well for the season yeah. will probably benefit him as well. Um, yeah. There won't be kind of a long, you know, two month break with mm-hmm. a preseason slugging it away. Will likely be at, kind of be back at it within four or five weeks. So um, it'll be interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to say that yeah, necessarily that I 100% believe that that's the case, but yeah. I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, you know, come at least the first two months of the season, he's our go to guy at the beginning, definitely. Yeah, because there's that spot that ZX coming in, so he's probably starting. Werner's probably starting. Havertz is probably starting. If he does come, touch wood. And then there's that spot. And obviously, like, we've got so many options in terms of Loftus-Cheek, in terms of Mount, in terms of Kovacic and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, it'll be interesting in that battle. But also what you said in terms of, you know what, it depends on who Lampard goes for. Because, like, we said that earlier this season, Giroud, he was training well. But if yeah. Lampard's not going to play you, he's not going to play you. You know what I mean? So, um, OK, so a bit on Tammy, because Tammy came on and scored. And he came on and scored in another game earlier. Um, so do you feel like maybe his role should be... Because I remember when Bacioi would come on and score and everyone was like, yeah, he's built off the bench. And I think what Palumi mentioned earlier is the three of them came off the bench and the game seemed like it was lost. So that they were all calm because it felt like there was nothing to play for. Um, but so do you feel like Tammy can be a bench player? I mean, it's not bench player. My bad. <laughs> that was a friendly... Rotational. That was friendly. Yeah. I know, a super sub striker. More of a rotation. More of a rotation. Yeah. Uh, even... <sighs> Because I still haven't really spoken about what I thought about the match. And I'm like, okay, go even, on. When you, even when you look at that, like, for instance, in the live chat, I was saying, at 3-1 down, in my opinion, personally, Lampard should have made those half-time substitutions because mm-hmm. we had a bit of momentum there after scoring that late last goal with Giroud. And yeah. because of the way that Liverpool played and the fact that their fullbacks are that their creative force, when you have two wingers like Cho and Pulisic who are lightning quick mm-hmm. and they are going to be onto you as fullbacks, you are not going to have as many allowances to stay forward in opposition half, if that makes yeah. sense. Because yeah. if, even if you look at it, like what um, Pels was saying earlier, like Alonso didn't really press um, yeah. Trent for that cross. Like, and I guarantee, like if Pulisic is there, okay, I can't say he's obviously going to do it, but like I have, a, I'm a bit no, more but, confident that. But also, what Pels said earlier in terms of not many people getting behind Liverpool, we remember Pulisic in the Super Cup mm. getting in behind Liverpool. Exactly. Remember? Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing. If you're getting in behind. Your fullbacks don't have as many allowances to actually get forward. And if you even go back to the Super Cup game, they didn't. Their fullbacks didn't really create. Yeah, because Mount Mount did get in that one time, like you said, with the Reese James cross. But like mm. when Pulisic came on, I know they were, they were more tired, but he was constantly mm. getting in behind. Exactly. Um, exactly. All right. Cool. So Tammy, you, you think I, I don't know if you dodged the question on purpose, but do you feel like he is his role next season should be a superstar? Right. So the thing with Tammy is in a very, very weird space, in mm. my opinion, because obviously he's like he's not a big signing. He's an academy player, and mm-hmm. like coming off that, I don't think a lot of fans have as much expectation on academy players. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it this season, what he's played twenty five matches, he's scored fifteen goals. On a numbers basis, it looks good, but if you look at some of his performances at times, it's been a bit of a thing like you, you're left, you're left, you're left, you're left wanting more. You know? Say what you said on the Discord. You're left, you're left, okay, you're left one, like, for instance, like the Crystal Palace game. Yeah. The Crystal Palace game, right? He comes on, Ruben plays a minute, he scores a goal. I mean, like, right then around the end, 
he's on the wing holding up the ball and he's passed it to them. Yeah. And it's given them literally a clear cut chance where Zuma's had to come in and clear clear up for the for the defensive thing. And it's like when you're a big striker, like like for instance, a Diego Costa, what Diego Costa used to do really quick, really, really well is he'd get the ball and he'd run down the wing and he'd hold it up, wait for like a hazard to come in and play off him. And I think that's something that Tammy's definitely gonna have to learn. How, like, tall, how, are you? Co- how, how tall are you? Me? Yeah. Six seven. But I've seen you in real life, you're not six foot seven. Yeah, but have you seen me in real life? Are you six foot seven? Yeah, ask Sebi. What the heck? No way. <laughs> right, cool. Yeah. I was just about to, basically I was saying, but don't you think it could be that his frame is still, he's still kind of getting used to his frame. He's still growing into his frame. Yeah. And, I, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Growing with age, I, I have full confidence that he'll be able to be a lot better than that because if you look at an, on a numbers, a numbers thing, I don't want to throw, throw him under the bus, but like seven out of nine of Drogba seasons, he's outscored him now. Mm. And he's still 22. This is his first season playing for Chelsea in the Premier. And it's like, even though he's missed all these big chances at times, it's like, you've got to give him his dues. He's scored, he's done his job at times. Okay, cool. This is the version of Babs for the podcast. But in the Discord, he's saying all types of shit. <laughs> he's making all types of analogy. If you don't want to show them that, Babs, cool. But Pels, what do you think about Tammy for next season, his role? What would you want for him? Um, look, I, it's hard because I think the... I'm again. I I don't want to write Tammy off in terms of mm. like he shouldn't be a part of the team or he's not good enough to play for us. I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. I think he's, he's disproved. Yeah. He's disproved that notion. Yeah. It, there's sides of his game um, that need like dramatic improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, the scoring. I think is good, but in the context of like maybe the number of chances he gets. Yeah, he exactly. Then left wanting a little bit more. A little bit more. Um, and I think the the con. The concept of him being a super sub and coming in late games and, you know, he maybe gets that one chance in, in the last five minutes or, you know, one in two. He's not, he's not a ruthless striker. Do you get what I mean? So mm. even the concept of him being a super sub, I'm a little bit like on the fence about because if, if chances do fall to him when he's maybe not sharp, he's not. We've, like, we've seen players not play for a while, mm. um, come, into the, come into the team rusty make errors, people, and it just kind of spirals down. People say they're not good enough. They should be sh- shot off to, you know, to the championship to get better. And, and it's like, yeah. I don't feel like that's necessarily the way for him. That's the way that we should... We should so what, what is the way? The um, I think he should just be... He should be allowed to compete um, in, in, in a sense that I don't think we should have an undisputed, like, this is... Uh-huh. Yeah, like... Like, this is my nine in a sense. You that want he more get any games You want more tinkering. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying per se. I'm, I'm just saying that in terms of Tammy's role, in the in the first game of the season, he wouldn't be my starting nine. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't reduce him solely to a sub role. Is my point basically. Fair enough. Um, and and I don't think that that should ever be the case for anyone. I don't think anyone should just be reserved to specific roles within the squad unless your eleven is banging out. Yeah, you know I'm saying yeah. unless they're and unless they're playing nuts and they are nuts, I don't think you can you can make the case that um you know someone else shouldn't come in or someone like there may be there may be games where time is useful. There may be games where we want to play with a two up top. Do you know what yeah. I mean? There's there's a lot of flex and obviously Lamps is like a is a tinkerer. So there's yeah. gonna be days where gonna be games where maybe he's useful. Um but yeah, I just I I just think the level what he's done is is good. Um but because there's so much for him to do to get better, I can understand why people also maybe look at it and then, are, yeah, are maybe frustrated or, or yeah. underwhelmed. But in, in the kind of, objectively speaking, he's had a, he's, he's, 
delivered a pretty good return. Basically, it's had, it's had a good season. So, like, um, I guess. Okay, yeah. I was gonna ask. So, like, we'll talk about the Wolves game, but just before we wrap up, I was gonna ask. But so for next season, it seems like it's gonna be super competitive, and I think the narrative that Lampard is spinning to them is like, yo, when Abramovich first came in, I had my spot. And I was the English guy, and then Veron came in, and then Petit came in, and then all of these guys came in, and that's Petit. And I think he's saying he's throwing that challenge to them as well. But right now, it does seem like they're on the back of the bus. It seems like Loftus Cheek, it seems like Hudson Doy, it seems like Tammy, not so much Reese, but it seems like they've got a tough struggle in front of them. So, like, I asked you about Tammy, um, and I guess in general, if all of them are only getting bit part minutes next season, what do you feel like? they should do if you what would you do if you were them can i ask you a question then yeah so you've mentioned that um lamps likes to tinker a bit mm-hmm. i'm trying to should i get make a gauge do you like it or do you dislike it oh i hate it so hate if you this if you dislike it so much why are you so intent on barkley playing mm. what do you mean because you've, you've made the mention that, you know, he does a bit of team credit at times where he doesn't need to. So for me, so for me, because Barkley was one of our best performers, he should continue mm. playing. All right. So where would you say that disconnect was? So like, what, what run of games would you say it was that Barkley was playing amazing? Because I could say the Norwich game and the um, Crystal Palace game played amazing. I just, I just think... I mean, the disconnect for me was the Sheffield game. Yeah, but like, this is what I'm saying. So when it comes to most, like Pulisic had one, I can't remember what the game was. But he had one game where he didn't play that well. But in, I don't take people performance by performance. I take them by a group of performances. And I think... Exactly. Pulisic, exactly yeah. oh, like Pulisic can have one bad performance in a, in a group of good performances. And I think that um, comparing to most of my midfielders, obviously we've seen Gilmore um, had two trash games. We've seen um, Jorginho have bad games. We've had, even seen Kante have bad games. But it just seems like it's very easy for him to take a Barkley out when he had a bad game. I want, if someone's play, playing well and have got a good run of form, to continue. But quickly going on to the Wolves match, so let's wrap up because my mouth is getting dry and shit like that. Um, <laughs> do we play the 3-4-3 three, three, and do you feel like we'll get the win? Um, the funniest... Uh, yeah, the, the funny thing is that would have been the game, in my opinion, where you have to play the 3-4-3 three, because three, it matches them perfectly. And now you're saying what? Play it? Play it? With it, I say it depends on personnel. Yeah. Because I think playing the, playing the formation like 3-4-3, three, three, it works very well when you have like a winger who's really, really quick. Like, for instance, um, if, in my opinion, if you're to play it, you have to have a Tomori playing as, a, as your auxiliary centre-back. Yeah. Where Alonso is. Because Alonso is short for pace and Rudiger, you know Rudiger that, does that thing where he has like a really weird turn mm-hmm. and you just be erratic. And we got Whereas a Tomori, what, Yeah, exactly. And you know Tomori is a bit more relaxed and I feel like if you want to play a 3-4-3 three, three against them, and you know Adama's going to play, you have to play tomorrow, but I don't know if he's going to get the minutes because at the moment he's, he hasn't really, he hasn't played once since restart. So yeah. he's going to yeah. be a bit worried. Yeah. Pels, what are you saying for the game? Do we play 3-4-3 three, three, and do you feel like we will get at least a point? I think we'll get at least a point. Um, also, part of me also feels like even if we don't get at least a point, um, the other game will probably go in our favour. Um, 3-4-3, three, three, I think, in terms of matching them is, is our best bet. I just... I don't really, I don't like the idea of us, um, you know, playing, playing, just being able to attack like their their back five, for instance, mm. and which is a more or less a back five out of position with, um, without kind of getting that 
advantage like 1v1 sometimes in terms of like the yeah. wing-back versus wing-back sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm scared about Adama, man. I can't lie. Him and the... <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I don't think like the man, that. man. But... Um, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the other thing I'm scared of, yeah. the other little tweak that I think um, Wolves have at their disposal is, is playing 5-3-2. Yeah, uh, mm. and I don't like the idea of us being overrun in midfield again, basically. Midfield, yeah. Um, yeah. Or, yes. or Neves or someone getting like a little 100%. open open look at the goal from 30 yards, 25 yards. Um, even, even the Sheffield United game, when we kind of match them, just like, I, I feel like all season we've had difficulty kind of like handling two strikers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so that's a bit mad. Um, I think so, we should yeah. do some kind of set back to the as well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I guess we'll end it there. Obviously, this Sunday, live, we'll be having uh, on the Discord. Sign up to Discord. Um, we're going to be having like a kind of like super Sunday type of day where you can listen to us um, through the matches live. And then after we're going to have a live pod, it's going to be Touchline Hot Square. It's going to be Touchy Gunas. It's going to be Chessy Awa. It's going to be Muga. Everyone's going to be there. It's going to be a free-for-all. Um, there'll be more information we'll be releasing that, I guess, to, tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, thanks, Babs, for coming on. How'd you find it, bro? Thank you, guys. I loved it, man. It was a good experience. Oh, um, Hell, good to have you again. Um, yeah, you do have to. You do have to. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask. No Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Sports Social Podcast Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.